0: Rose and we were at a restaurant, and a certain king of the NBA sent me over a drink. Oh, so we actually oh. yeah. Mel. Yeah, was this hey. before he was married? No, this was before I married. Uh-huh. We went on a couple of dates. He flew me to his okay, games. Okay. And he cool. would listen to my music before his games. All them games, he was he was off of my music. I'm just saying. Hasn't been dating since high school. What music did she have? Did she have music? Child, you was talking about Laquan. Y'all just heard it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's The Real Houses of Atlanta. I love this week's episode. It gave me everything. I was laughing a lot. I was crying along with Sheree. I was having a good time. I loved the gals being into New York City. It was just giving me everything I needed. And when they were all sitting around talking about, the most famous person that sat on him. And Drew said something about, obviously, it was LeBron James. That's who she was talking about, which I'm a Cleveland guy, and I love LeBron James. And I believe he has been with his wife since high school. And uh, to be honest, I'm not sure that anyone, even if they are dating Drew, is listening to her music. I'm sorry to say that. When she was saying, oh, he was listening to my music before the games, everyone's sitting there like, What? 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 What do you mean, listening to your music? I mean, half those gals were like, what are you talking about? You have music. Like what? Your playlist or something? <laughs> I know Drew has come out with music before. And apparently she's teased on social media. She's coming out with music again. But I can't imagine that anyone's pumping up for a big game, especially LeBron James. LeBron James, who's won championships and, And led Cleveland and the Lakers uh, to success. And he's uh, obviously headline Space Jam too. He's got a lot going on. There's no way he's got time to be listening to Drew's music. I'm sorry, maybe he's listening to something else in the locker room. But could you imagine if the other guys got a hold of that? He was listening to Drew Sedora. I mean, my Cleveland uh, team, there's no way they would let LeBron get away with that. If they saw in the locker room that on his iPod, it just said Drew Sedora, they'd be like, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? Who is that? No one knows. And I just was laughing so hard. I mean, this whole episode is giving me laugh after laugh after laugh. We're going to get to it. Got to talk about Candy and the Broadway show and the panties. You know, Candy's cross promoting is getting a little bit out of hand, but we're going to get there. This week on The Real Housewives, there's a lot going on outside of the Housewives universe. Teresa's wedding was spoiled by Ramona Singer. I don't know if you saw this, but Ramona posted the whole wedding invite online. And then Teresa had to come out and say like, oh, it's a fake thing or something like she tried to cover for it, you know, which you can't cover for it because the Bravo sleuths were on it. Bravo fans are detectives and they were right on top of that. So immediately Ramona posted it. Every blog and meme page was posting about the wedding invite and where it's located, when it is. People were going to the website and searching the guest list. And apparently, OK, this is all alleged. So we don't know that this is confirmed, but allegedly uh, Margaret and Jackie are both invited to the wedding. Dina's invited to the wedding. Dolores is invited to the wedding. Melissa, it's said on the website, according to these accounts, that Melissa was in the wedding, which was surprising to me. And we all know that Teresa and Melissa hate each other, and Teresa had said on Watch What Happens Live publicly that Melissa was not going to be involved in the wedding. And I, for one, was thrilled about that, because I'm tired of this facade that they like each other. And just because they're family, I don't I don't buy into that, like, oh, you should have them in the wedding just because you're family or whatever. It's all bullshit. It's all a bunch of lies. Those two hate each other. So uh, it's interesting to me, but there was one thing related to the Real House of Atlanta that I heard. And that is, Nini apparently was not invited to the wedding, allegedly. And I saw in some blog, I forgive me, I don't know where it was. You know, I go fast and loose with all of these blogs and meme pages. I can't tell where I saw what or when I saw what or where. But apparently, allegedly, Nini is not going to be at the wedding because Bravo, and this is all rumored, but I heard Bravo... Didn't want, cause they're going to film the wedding and Nini's got all this issue with Bravo. And I'm so upset about it because I also saw in Carlos King, who was just on this podcast recently, he's got a show on own, the own network, Oprah. Speaking of Oprah. What? What? Uh, speaking of Oprah, he's got a show on the own network and he's reuniting the season one cast of the Real Houses of Atlanta, but without Nini. And I'm just, Nini has brought so much to this franchise. I just want them to all work it out. And I know it's like a lot of heavy stuff that they're all talking about. And there's lawsuits and legalities, and I get all of that. But I just want them to all make up because Nini's an important part of this Real House of Atlanta franchise. And I can't be going forward with reunions and then cross-promotional weddings that she can't get invited to. I mean, how much would you love to see Nini at Teresa's wedding? That's all I want. I'd rather her be in the wedding than Melissa. I mean, Melissa's got enough going on with the fake sister and the fake baby. I mean, I know those storylines were never resolved, so I'm sure Melissa's got a lot going on. She's got to solve those mysteries, and so she doesn't have time to be in a wedding. So I wish it was Nene there. I'm sorry to say it. I wish it was. Anyway, that's how I feel about that, but Ramona Singer, she did spoil it. So Ramona is invited to the wedding, although I wonder if Teresa disinvited. I mean, I'd be pissed. Because It's a celebrity wedding. You know, Teresa to Keep it under wraps. They're going to film it and everything. And now Ramona just posted the whole fucking address. I mean, the whole whole fucking address she just put on there. Uh, I'm sure she got a mouthful from Teresa and I'm very excited about that. Anyway, um, that's what's going on. Anything else in the outside universe of The Real Housewives? I think that's it. Let's get into Atlanta. Now, uh, speaking of Candy, I talked about how she's doing a little too much cross-promoting, and the tagline always throws me off, and I just have to see if we're all on the same page here, because her tagline is, I ain't never skipped a beat or a bag. Now, I love Candy. And I think that tagline rings true. She hasn't skipped a beat or a bag. But is anyone else feeling like she's going to say, skipped a meal? And that's not any sort of insult. I'm not trying to uh, shame or anything, because we know Candy likes to eat because she's got all the restaurants and stuff. And I do too. I feel the same way. I don't like to skip a meal either. So uh, it's just one of those common sayings that every time she's going into her tagline, I'm thinking she's going to say, I ain't never skipped a beat or a meal. And I kind of wish that was someone's tagline. I'm not sure who, but I wish it was somebody's. It's because it's... And by the way, do you see Candy's song is going viral? Legs, hips, and body, body. Do you see that? It's going viral. It's all over TikTok. It's all over social media. It's Candy's song from A Mother's Love. It's been all over the internet. I'm not sure if you've seen the memes. It's so funny. I should have put that on the soundboard. But it's, yeah, it's like her song, legs, hips, and body, body. Um It's just, it's fantastic. Okay, so... I mentioned that the gals are in NYC. So this is a night one. We were in NYC last week. We didn't recap it last week because I was on my vacation. I'm back now. And uh, one thing that I do want to mention from the last episode of The Real House of Atlanta is that Kenya Moore revealed something very troubling. And that is she was very turned on. I don't know if I have it in my notes. I might not have written it. But I did want us to talk about this for at least 75 minutes. Kenya said she had sex... And again, I don't have the notes, so I might be getting some of the verbiage wrong, but I believe she said she was turned on by Coyote's Blood. Troubling to say the least. And that was just something that she revealed about her personal life last week, that I was incredibly shell shocked for it. I mean, when I heard, I was, I mentioned I was on vacation. I think it was in a Vegas hotel room or something when I heard that. And I felt like I got up to go to the bathroom or something and I fell right over and I needed a life alert, someone to come pick me up because I could not believe my eyes and ears when she was telling that story about the coyote blood. I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) I added, (laughs) I added the life alert commercial. You know that Life Alert commercial from the 90s? I don't even know that. I think this one is called Life Alert because I was trying to find the commercial, but I was trying to find the clip of that the old lady saying, I've fallen and I can't get up, because that's how I feel sometimes when these women drop a bomb on us. I've fallen and I can't get up! I feel like I've fallen and I can't get up. Uh, anyway, it was shocking when she was talking about that having sex or liking that coyotes. but I'm not sure what exactly the verb she used, but it was surprising to say that. it reminded me of that Drew Barrymore show where she was, remember it was a cannibal show on Netflix? I never watched it, but Matt watched it and he was, I remember I would like walk in the room and it'd be Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant just talking about eating people or something. And I was like, I can't watch this. I'm going to go in the other room and watch dance moms. Okay. Like, that's what. It's and it didn't last very long. And I love me some Drew Barrymore, you know I do. But that's that show. I couldn't watch it, and people liked it too. It's like Matt loved that show, and I'm like, this is too disturbing. I need to see people eating each other. When I was a young kid, I don't know. This is getting us off track. But do you remember there was a movie called like Alive or something? I remember my brothers were watching, and I accidentally watched it with them. But it was like these people got, and I think it was a real life story, but they got plane crash somewhere in the the tundra and the icy tundra and it was in the snow and then they had to eat each other or something, it was the most disturbing thing. I'm not into that. I don't need to see that. I don't care if it's a true story, not true story. It's too far. It's a step too far. You know what else was a step too far? Was when Candy was cross promoting the Broadway show with her uh her vibrating coochie panties. Because that was just too much, I think, a step too far because they're all going to this wonderful Broadway play that is so Uh, One. It sounds like a wonderful play, very important, and uh, Broadway obviously is such a huge accomplishment to get a show on Broadway, and then Candy invites all the gals to go see it, and then says to them, I'm going to give you all the vibrating panties, and I'm going to have a remote control, and we're going to just, the whole play, which the Bravo editor who had to add in that buzzing sound effect so many times, that person deserves an Emmy. Because they added in that on the bus, I don't know if you saw that sprinter van when they were all sitting there with the vibrating peonies. There was like a hundred. Bzz, 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 bzz. I felt like I was in a. Uh, I, I was right underneath a, a beehive or something because it was a lot of buzzing, and that was the editor said to put that in because the microphones they don't mic up these women's vaginas. I'm sorry to say, not in the year 2022 at least they're not micing up women's uh, Meredith Greys. And so some Bravo editor had to put in the buzz sound effects a hundred times with that whole vibrating panty scene. And that person, I wonder if they had to keep scaling it back or if they had conversations in the editing bay of like, how many buzzes should we add in? Because they added in a lot. They added in quite a bit. And it was a lot of vibrating, a lot of vibrating panties, a lot of stuff going on. Now Sheree says that Tyrone is going to be coming to the play with them, but then he does not come to the play. And then we know what happens later in the episode, which we'll get to, but apparently he can go a hundred miles. He's under house arrest and this New York play was like just under a hundred miles. And then also he must be in the house by nine PM. Oh, so he couldn't go to the play, but he was supposed to like meet them for, for lunch or something. And then he didn't show up. And I'm concerned for Sheree. Sheree, Sheree, Sheree. I mean, I love Sheree. And I always feel like Sheree puts on this really tough exterior. And this was the first time where I really felt like we saw her break down in a way that even since season one, I don't really remember Sheree breaking down in this way. She normally keeps it cool, keeps it tough. Who's going to check her? She's not going to let anyone check her. And finally, she just breaks down into tears when this man doesn't show up. And, oh, my heart broke for that woman. My heart broke for that woman. I was not happy with Sheree early on in the episode, though, because she was doing that thing where I know she didn't reveal this information about Ralph, but that Anthony guy said that Ralph was gay. And I'm kind of hoping that we retire this whole thing, right? This whole housewife trope of us accusing the men of being gay. It's happening too much. It's happened way too many times. And it's an insult to the gay community, especially here during Pride Month. I don't need these women accusing the other men who aren't gay. And if they are gay, we'll give them time to come. Out. I mean, there's just so many things wrong with the idea of like us just accusing everyone. And it's so insulting to the gay community. It's like anytime anyone man on these shows does one thing that's like slightly effeminate. Then suddenly the other women are like, well, he's gay. He's a big ol' homo. And it's like, that's not the case. Let's cool it, little girls. Little girl. It's like, enough is enough. It's happening on every show. It just happened with Rinna and Harry Hamlin. People are like, oh, Harry's gay. And it's like, Harry's not gay. Like, if he was gay, so who cares? Let him be gay. But it's almost like it's thrown as an insult or something. It's like, well, you're married to a big ol' homo. And it's like, during Pride Month, I can't handle it. Okay. I don't like it year round, but especially not now, not during pride month. I will not stand for it. Okay. So we need to cool that. We need to cool it. We need to stop it. And I will not stand for it. And I'm going to call them all out as they do it. I'm going to get the housewives on this show and I'm going to say, why are you accusing that man of being gay? What is it? What is it? And if they want to be gay, let them be gay, uh, out loud and proud. Anyway, Sonia's really turning on Drew. Have you guys noticed this? Sonia, who's an A-plus housewife. I don't think I've seen a woman come into a franchise so hot and heavy. Right off the bat, she's like mixing up, stirring the pot. She's doing a great job, really loving Sonia. But she's turning on Drew. And I don't feel like it's a genuine turning on Drew. By the way, I think Drew and Ralph are complete scammers. Like a 100%, I've never believed more in my gut that people are scammers more than I'm seeing Drew. Drew and Ralph, especially with the Drop It by Drew program, which you guys, if you're spending money on Drop It with Drew or Drop It by Drew or whatever the fuck it's called, you need to drop that whole program. You need to stop it because it's not a good program. They're taking your money. Go spend it anywhere else. I'd rather you spend it on the all-in with Teddy Mellencamp than drop it by Drew, because this drop by Drew is not... It doesn't even make any fucking sense. They were trying to have her explain it later in the episode, and it was like, oh, there's six camps in different cities. I'm like, who's running camps in other cities? Like, I, I can't even imagine you're hiring other people in Chicago and Florida and all these other places that she said. And then meanwhile, even if she's running the camps, I don't trust it because I've seen her do a squat on camera, and it's not even a full squat, not a, not to mention the fact that she said she had the mommy makeover and everything, so she's not even doing these things, that she's apparently teaching people at a weight loss camp. Then she's got the meal program, she's got the... It's None of it makes any fucking sense, and uh, if you're out there, I'm sorry, I don't mean to hurt another woman's business, I want to support other women. But I cannot support Drop It by Drew because it's not something that anyone should be supporting because it's a scam. So with all of that said, I do think that Drew and Ralph are scammers. However, I want to stick up for them because I think Sonya is turning them for no reason. I feel like she sees that that's the easiest route to a feud on this show. And I don't love that. Because Sonya's being such a good housewife already, but I'm like concerned that she's making up and housewife, freshman housewives often come in and do this. They see like, who's the most vulnerable, weakest in the cast? Let me start a feud with them and it'll get me in good with the other gals. It'll get me a storyline for the season and I'm seeing through it. So I love Sonya, love her, love her, love her, but I need her and the assistant Anthony to cool it. So then we cut to, oh, Kenya. Early in the episode, she gets a text from Mark, and I fucking hate Mark. You guys, he's allegedly such an asshole. I'm saying allegedly because he seems litigious, and I'm not interested. I'm not interested. But Mark lives in New York. Kenya comes on the cast trip to New York, drops off Brooklyn with Mark, and then he's texting. Every, she wants him to have a bond, and he doesn't even want it. He's being such an ass, like texting her, come get Brooklyn or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, this man this man couldn't be any worse unless he was Tyrone because Tyrone's on house arrest and can't even meet her when she comes to Philly. These men on Atlanta, I'm needing to step it up. I'm needing to step it up. Uh, Okay. So then that's when they go to the Broadway show um, or no, they're talking about the Broadway show. And that's when Marlo's like, I'm not wearing the vibrating coochie panties. That's what she says. That's a direct quote. (laughs) Uh, But then the next day uh, we do see Candy meeting with the marketing department. And the marketing department for the Broadway show is literally telling Candy, like, hey, you're saving New York City during the pandemic, so I'm proud of her. And I kind of think that Candy should be put in charge of the country, because it seems like she could get a lot done. She's just saving New York City. She's saving Broadway. She's saving this franchise of the Real of Atlanta. And so I think we need to get Candy in office. And I don't normally support a reality star in uh, office. However, maybe if we're going to have to have someone, I think I'd prefer Candy. If we're going to have to have someone. If we're going to have to have someone. Uh okay, what else is going on? Uh, should we take a break here? Let's take a break. Let's uh we'll come back. We got more to talk about the real house of Atlanta. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to Acast. We'll be right back. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel pcom com slash Everything Iconic. Yeah, yeah. And we're back, little girls. Little girl. Okay, so we got to talk about this scene where Candy was chatting with Sheree in the hotel room. So they were on FaceTime in the hotel room. Now, the, what, the thing that I want to focus on is that the Wi-Fi was so spotty in this hotel room. And I think hotels in general need to step up the Wi-Fi. I'm tired of having to pay for Wi-Fi in a hotel room. You're spending all that fucking money. You mean to tell me they can't just give you free Wi-Fi? In the year of 20-fucking-22, 20 you can't give me free Wi-Fi. I feel that way about planes, too. You better be giving me fucking free Wi-Fi on a plane. I was just reading a story about, I think it was Southwest was saying how they're going to be spending all this money to upgrade the planes and put outlets in them and then, and wifi. And it's like, how the fuck don't you have outlets and wifi on your fucking planes in the year of 2022? I mean, uh, airlines, you spend all that fucking money on a plane. You better be giving me free wifi. And I feel the way about hotels too. I was just at Caesar's Palace for one night in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. And you got to log on and you only get the Wi-Fi if you do one thing, if you buy this room or that room or something, or sometimes they'll charge you $20 a day for the Wi-Fi. What do you mean $20 a day for Wi-Fi? Give it to me for free. It's Wi-Fi. Quite frankly, there should be Wi-Fi everywhere for free. The people in office need to start giving everyone free Wi-Fi everywhere in the whole fucking US. Everyone should get Wi-Fi. It should just be everywhere. You mean you don't have that technology to do that? And I'm watching on The Real House of Atlanta. They don't even have good Wi-Fi in those hotel rooms. I bet you production had to pay for the, them to have the Wi-Fi so that they could do these FaceTime calls. And meanwhile, Candy is uh, pausing. Like it, it felt like I was watching a scene from 1998. It was like Candy kept pausing on the screen. charade's pausing for Candy on the, on the phone. I'm like, what the fuck kind of Wi-Fi? You mean to tell me that we have the technology to do vibrating panties where a remote controls multiple pairs of panties? Okay, I learned that because Candy said, she said one remote controls all the panties within distance. So we're not even talking about vibrating coochie panties where you need to have a different remote for each pair of panties. Candy had one remote that controlled all those panties. Every pair of panties in the, within distance. Uh Within spitting distance, Candy could t- control with her remote, and then other remote controls could also control those same pairs of panties. So you mean to tell me we have that technology, but we can't get good Wi-Fi in these hotel rooms in New York City? I am disgusted. I am disgusted. That's a, another reason why we need Candy in office, because I bet you Candy would get us good Wi-Fi. She'd get us vibrating panties for all, where one remote control controls the whole country's panties, and then also free Wi-Fi. I mean, it's, like, disgusting in this year. In God's year of twenty twenty two, you mean to tell me we can't get good Wi-Fi in these hotel rooms? It's disgusting. Disgusting. Anyway, that's when uh that's when Sheree says Tyrone's not coming, and he needs to step it up. And Candy actually said on a professional, she said, I think Tyrone is maybe with another woman. What? What? That's what I said. I was like Sheree's gonna be watching this, it's gonna be pissed. By the way, is anyone else shocked every time they cut to that? a confessional look of Sheree where she's got the Elvira hair. You know what I'm talking about? Every single time they cut to that, it's like, I, I've fallen and I can't get up. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Every time they cut to Sheree with that hair, the hair all the way to the high heavens, she's dressed like Elvira and it's shocking. And I know other housewives have had other shocking looks, but that's one of them for the ages. It's one of them for the history books, ladies and gents. Am I right? It truly is, every time I see that that look. Uh, okay, so then, yeah, Tyrone said it's under the mileage or something. That's why he couldn't make it, which is all a big lie. Then we cut to the lunch where they're talking. Marlo reveals that she had Gene Simmons uh, hit on her, and all the other women are like, uh, who? And Kenya, in her confessional, she was so shady, so she said, well, yeah, he's about 70, which is right up Marlo's alley. Oh, I loved it. Kenya's good in a professional. Kenya's good. I love me some Kenya. I love her. Uh, Kenya said that Prince, uh, late great Prince hit on her. Uh, who else? Did, uh, Candy said, who did Candy say? Girard, yeah, Candy said Gerald Levert And I guess they wrote a They did a song together that's on a hard drive. And I was just thinking, imagine Candy's hard drives. Like, what else is on there? I need somebody to get access to Candy's hard drives to get all the music that hasn't been released. I'm sure she's got some unreleased NSYNC songs, some unreleased Destiny's Child on there. I'm sure she's got some good stuff. I just know it. I know it. Uh Okay, so then they're all headed in the Sprinter van. We talked about the vibrator. They did a vibrator check graphic. Did anyone notice this? It was like the editors put on the screen a vibrator check, and it was all the women's faces. And it was like they checked off who was wearing the vibrating panties. That really made me laugh because uh they sometimes, again, I've said it a million times, but I don't always love when they lean too far into the editing tricks and the production stuff. But this was a case where it really made me laugh. And by the way, The Real House of Dubai, which I said was a little too glossy for me, as I was watching this week's Real House of Atlanta, I felt even more so. Because Atlanta, there's still, as much as this show is a huge success, Atlanta is one of the most popular franchises on TV. Consistently funny, consistently good. There's been a couple off seasons, but still pretty good they still feel a little bit more authentic than when I'm watching the Dubai Housewives and it's like the camera shot in the closets and it's feeling like selling sunset and it's just everyone's feeling kind of rehearsed and and it's feeling like they're just doing what they think a housewife should do. There's still an authenticity to Atlanta that this many seasons in still feel, and I, maybe it's the glam thing, which I know there's glam on Atlanta Housewives, but I don't think all the women do glam on Housewives of Atlanta, but the Dubai just felt too glossy, and I, I really felt it when I was watching uh, The Real House of Atlanta this week. Anyway, they're almost late to the Broadway play. Marlo and Kenya get off and get bikes, and then they finally make it. And this is when I wrote in my notes that I was having the best time. I wrote, I'm loving The Real House of Atlanta and the Big Apple. I love them. In the- Honestly, they should just put them in New York and just make them rony. Just I don't know how we do that. Maybe just make all of them relocate to New York in the off-season of Atlanta. Maybe spend half their time in Atlanta filming The Real House of Atlanta, and then make them go to New York for half the time and film the New York houses. I'd love that. Uh, after the play, they do a pajama party. Now, Marlo is like burping up a storm, and she reveals that she has af- acid reflux. And then they start talking about bathroom stuff. Now, I know a lot of you complain a lot of you complain on the show when I talk about bathroom humor or bathroom stuff. Well, sit tight, little bear, because I'm about to do it. I know some people don't like it. I get a lot of, on the Real House of Beverly Hills recap a couple weeks ago. I talked about how Dorit went to go take a deuce in the bathroom, and people got mad at me. I got all these messages saying, oh, that's so gross, Danny. Stop using that blue humor. It's disgusting. I had to turn off the podcast. And look, this is who I am. In the words of the Greatest Showman soundtrack, this is me. And I think, quite frankly, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of tough stuff. If we want to laugh at some fart jokes, so be it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it here on Everything Iconic. You better turn off this podcast if you're not interested. Especially on the housewives when they're talking about it. There's literally a scene where they're talking about acid reflux and using the shitter in front of their boyfriends. Kenya says she never uses the bathroom in front of another man. And charade. (laughs) This is really what I want to focus on. So, Okay. Okay. Now go watch. you might have to rewatch the scene and see if you saw the same thing I saw. But so Marlo says she's got acid reflux. Then Kenya says, oh, I never use the bathroom in front of another man. And then Sheree says, okay, you ready for this? Pull over if you're driving. Sheree says, what do you mean by in front of another man? What do you mean you don't use the restroom in front of another man? And now I, and then she did an awkward laugh. Now I don't know about you all. Uh, and forget my brain works in dirty ways. I'm sorry, but I took this to mean that Sheree poops in front of her boyfriend, Tyrone. <laughs> that's I, that's I, go back and rewatch. It. it was like, there was an awkwardness to Sheree in this moment where Kenny is like, Oh, you never poop in front of your your man. And then there was just like a little, some hesitation. I didn't, you know, I think you could read it in two ways. You could read it as like Sheree trying to make an, a joke about it, but I read it as, Shray saying like, oh, well, I do. I do. I poop in front of Tyrone. And I'm not judging that. God bless you, Sheree. God bless. Especially because that man, I hate him. But I wonder, I wonder, we're going to have to get to the bottom of it. We're going to have to go to bravotv.com to find out more information about whether Sheree poops in front of her man or not. <laughs> okay, so then they talk about Drew's workout with Drew or something. That's what Kenya calls it. She's like, is it workout with Drew or something? And then they look up the website. The website didn't work. The website didn't work. It said, like, uh inaccurate website. Or what's that error message that comes up on the website? Whew, I love that. I love that. And then Sheree was like, well, oh, this was funny. They did a montage of all the women, where Kenya was like, you could go to Kenya Mori Hair Care, and it works perfectly. And then Marlo was like, go to layarchive.com. It's a fantastic website. And then they cut to Sheree, and Trey's like, well, when She by Sheree launches, it'll be working September, spring, and summer. And it was like, oh, my God. I love that Shrey's still leaning into the jogger bit. It's a little too much. I said that last recap of the show, but also I love it. And the fact that Shrey couldn't say like, oh, the my She by Shrey website is great too. She had to say, well, when it launches, because she, and you know, she was thinking like, I got to launch that website. <laughs> She's like thinking, I, in her confession, when the producer asked about her website, I bet you Shrey was thinking in her head like, oh, fuck, I got to go get that. I got to go do that now. She's like, oh, you didn't do that. I got to fucking do that website. <laughs> So then at the pajama party, the men go away. And this is when Sonia confronts Drew. And Drew was doing like a lot of Disney Channel faces. I could really tell that Drew was raised as an actress because she was doing, Sonia was talking and it was like, Drew was doing all of this facial Hannah Montana work. And I was like, that's how Drew became a star. You know, she was good. She was in Step Up and she's doing good facial work. And so I, I kind of want Drew to do more acting too. I don't think this is suiting her and I'm loving watching the mess of it all because it's fascinating to me. And whether or not you love Drew or hate Drew, you can't deny that this is like a fascinating character study watching her and Ralph with the marriage stuff and now with the business stuff. Like it is fucking nuts. I don't think we've, we're, I don't even think we've scratched the surface of how fucking nuts it all is. And we're gonna look back on this season and all of the Drew and Ralph stuff and we're gonna say, what the fuck was that all about? What the fuck? And it's crazy to me, but I don't think it's doing Drew any favors. I think she should be doing scripted work. She's good at scripted work. She's been in a hundred things. She was in white chicks. She was in step up. She's been in a hundred things. She was in a hundred things. So don't think this is doing her any favors, but it is what's happening. And again, Sonia's doing too much too. She's trying to have a moment and she sees Drew as the easiest target. It's a smart TV move, but I see through it. And then uh, they talk about Drew's website. Marlo says, Kenya has a problem with you because she tried to go to your website and sign up for your weight loss program and your site don't work. And Drew's like, oh, well, the site crashed. And I was like, "Um, if by crashed, you mean it never worked properly. And that's what what happened. Uh, But... It was obviously not true. And then Marlo says, so drop it with Drew's just to maintain your surgeries. Cause they're trying to get to the bottom of this. They're like, you had the mommy makeover with the surgeries, but you're advertising that people do these workout programs. And Drew's like, Oh, well we have meal plans and three week challenges and camps in six cities. And Kenya's like, well, it's giving Ponzi scheme. And Kenya's completely right about that. And then the other thing that was interesting was like, they were asking Drew about the surgeries and she was saying she had to do the surgeries cause of her hernia and the endomyosis and, I don't know if I believe any of that. I hate to, I hate to come on this podcast and question anyone's health issues. I certainly don't want to do that. Uh, but I am going to because none of this makes any sense. Okay. Cause it's not all adding up and there's obviously lies at play. So do I want to question anyone's health issues or struggles? Certainly not, but I'm going to because none of this makes any fucking sense. Anyway, the producer even asked Drew in the confessional, "Like, what's going on? How much money are you making?" Then she has to call this Jackie woman, who's apparently the brains behind the operation. And then Jackie's like, "Oh, we gotta get that app." And then apparently they got an app, and this is all terrible for business. Normally, these women go on these housewife shows and they're promoting their brands, their businesses, all that. This is not helping. No one's dropping it with Drew after this episode. I'm sorry. It's terrible for business, and also, what do you need an app for at this point? No, we don't need any more apps. I think in general we have enough apps in the app store. I don't think Apple needs another fucking app. Just cool. Let's quit it. It's twenty twenty two. Let's stop all the apps. Where we're at, unless you got something real revolutionary, I don't want you putting an app in the app store. Okay, Uh, nothing else. We're done. We've we've been done. We've been done. Also, I have questions about Drew's whole entourage. When they showed her in the entourage, she had six people in the hotel room. Because Sonia was like, oh, I was going to talk to you in the hotel room, but you had 100 people there. And it's like, why did she bring six people to New York? Because I don't think a second-season housewife is making that much money. And Bravo's not paying for you to travel with the whole squad of people. So you have to put... Out your own money for that. And so I would imagine you're probably not even breaking even if you're paying for all of those people to travel with you to New York, hair and makeup people and business people, assistants, she's got a 100 assistants. You can't be making any money off of this. So you must be just breaking even, right? I need to see the tax returns. Anyway, then we cut to, this was so sad, Sheree and Philly, Sheree and Philly. It's really giving MTV's catfish. Charade has never looked better. She does keep ordering drinks. She's like, I guess I have a cucumber drink. And the woman's like, We don't have cucumber drinks. And she's like, Okay, whatever. And then she's calling Tyrone. She's wearing the fur. I think it was, was that a fur? I'm assuming it was like, was it faux fur? I couldn't really tell, but she looked stunning. And I'm hoping it was faux fur, but it was something. And I was concerned for her and I was sad. And just as I'm feeling bad for her, then they would cut to the Elvira hair, and then it's like suddenly, you know, I'm on Trey's side, and then they cut to that confessional look, and I lose my balance. I've fallen, and I can't get up! <laughs> I'm going to keep that, that on the soundboard forever, so you guys are going to get so tired of it. You're going to get so tired of that one, but too bad. Too <laughs> bad. Um, Okay, so then uh, she orders food. I was so uncomfortable. She calls the daughter, too, on FaceTime. The Wi-Fi worked better in the restaurant than in the, than in the hotel room. The daughter looked like she was on crisp Wi-Fi. I was, like, pissed at the hotel. But she calls the daughter, and she's like, what does it mean when you call someone and it immediately goes to busy? And the daughter's like, oh, it means they blocked you. <laughs> I felt so bad. And so then they kept showing the timestamp on the screen. It was, like, an hour later. And I kept thinking they were punking us. Like, I thought, oh, he's going to show up and then it's like an hour, 34 minutes. And then, then the producer comes out and they break the fourth wall and they're like, oh, Tyrone's attorney's on the phone. He can't make it because it's a pro violation. And Trey's like, well, I just fucking talked to him on the phone. What, you mean he couldn't tell me that ahead of time? Why did he tell me to come here all the way to Philly? She's embarrassed. She calls Kenya. Kenya's in her car. Again, better Wi-Fi in Kenya's car than in the hotel room. But Kenya's in the car and also she, no one should be FaceTiming in the car. I don't believe even... Okay. Here's what I was thinking. Kenya's FaceTiming from the car. And it looked to me like Kenya was driving. I'm sorry. Go back and watch it. It looked like she was driving. Maybe she was just in the passenger seat, the back seat. She was in a town car. I don't know. It looked to me like she was driving, which no one should be FaceTiming when they're driving. A. Even if you're not driving though, and you're in the back seat of a town car, an Uber, a Lyft, whatever, I still don't think you should be FaceTiming because I think it's rude. She wasn't wearing headphones. There's someone up front driving her if that's the case. And it's uh, rude. And I know Sheree's going through it, but I wish Kenny would just said, "Hey, I need a set FaceTiming, and I'll call you back on the regular phone, like regular, like we always used to do." I think we've all gotten too comfortable with the Facetime calls, doing them in Ubers and Lyfts and the whole night. I don't like it. I don't like it. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that So Sheree says to Kenya, why didn't Tyrone tell me? She said, I look stupid and crazy and dumb as fuck. And Sheree is so strong, but she cries, and I cry with her. I'm so sad we never see Sheree cry. She always holds strong. I've never been—I don't think I've ever been this affected by a Sheree scene. Truly. And Kenya gives her good advice, and I like the two of them as friends. I'm glad they've been this dynamic duo. And the whole episode ends, Sheree finally says, check please, and my heart is broken into a million pieces. It shattered. It shattered across my whole house because it was just devastating to see Sheree, who's been holding out hope for this man, this man who is just not treating her well. She's waited for him through all of his struggles. And this has been years in the making that she's waited for this man. And I want Sheree to serve the world. She's got that beautiful chateau, that a man would be lucky to live in with her. She's got gorgeous kids. I mean, that son of her is a model, gorgeous. And the daughter seems like a wonderful gal. And so she's got it all. She's got it all. And now this man is treating her like shit, and I do not care for it. And Tyrone, if you're listening to this podcast, which I don't think you are, <laughs> but you need to stop. You need to stop because Sheree is a catch, and you need to treat her as a catch if you're going to be doing this whole thing, because Sheree's also been through it with relationships. Remember Bob? That man, that Bob, I remember Bob. Don't think I haven't forgotten that season. Remember, they were in the backseat of a car on a vacation, and Bob was being an asshole to her. I haven't forgotten about that. All the things that she went through with Bob. Was that his name? I think it was his name. Maybe I'm just making up the name. Was it something else? I feel like it was Bob. I don't know. We're calling him Bob. Her ex, the one who was on the on the show with her. Remember, we thought they were kind of like reconciling, but then he was an asshole again. She's been through it with that man. And I don't know what it is. She seems so strong in her relationships outside of men. And I actually think that's one of the things that she has common with Kenya. Because Kenya, I think, is also the same way. Kenya is so tough when it comes to her friendships, and she's not taking any shit from any girlfriends or anything like that. But when it comes to uh, the men in their lives, they seem to be, uh, unfortunately, taking on these men who are terrible to them. And I don't know what that is. I don't know. A therapist out there can really dive deeper than I can. Of course, I don't have a degree in that. Uh, But the only thing I got a degree in is Bravo. And from what I see on these Bravo shows, these women, they end up with these men who are terrible to them. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. with these. Not with Sheree, not with Kenya. They both serve these nice men. I want them to find some hot male models who are nice and treat them like gold. And I almost think that the key or the trick is I'm starting to feel this way more and more with the women especially these successful women who are successful women of a certain age, I almost want them to go for the younger guys because I feel like the younger generations, they, ha- they have a better grasp on male-female dynamics. And so I almost want them... Did you guys watch Hacks? I don't know if you're watching this show, Hacks. It's so fantastic. Season two just wrapped up. So fucking good. So Although I was disappointed that there was only eight episodes. Only eight episodes? I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, Gene Smart is this very successful comedian... And we don't—she has trouble in male relationships, but we see this one scene where she hooks up with Devin Sawa. Of course, all the millennials out there, you grew up with Devin Sawa. Uh, we all had crushes on him in Now and Then, in Casper, in Little Giants, the whole night. So he shows up one day, and he sort of seduces Jean Smart. And he's so, like, nice to her and everything. And I had an aha moment. I had an Oprah aha What? Oprah aha moment, where I said, oh, this is a thing, like, I actually think this older generation of women, when they're successful like that, they should look for a younger generation who's going to treat them like the queen that they are and deserve to be. And so I would like Sheree and Kenya to find maybe younger men, the way that men have been doing for years, straight men for years, have been going after the young girls who uh, treat them like these gods and deities. I'm going to need the women to start doing it because I don't like these men that these Sheree and Kenya are going after. So anyway, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Now next week on the show, we get Mama Joyce. Drew is uninvited to Sonya's party, which I know is a party. And then Kenya versus Marlo starts. I'm nervous about that. You guys, I loved this week's episode. I thought it was so, so incredibly good. The Real Houses of Atlanta, to me, is back. This was a week where I was... It had everything I wanted. It had the drama, the laughs. It had them exploring New York city, uh, Lady New York, if you will. And I was, <laughs> they were exploring Lady New York and I was having a gay old time. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Happy Pride Month. Uh, okay. I love you all so much for listening. Shall we ch- do our cheesy little cool down? I think we need it. Let's take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. I want to encourage you all to watch Hacks. If you haven't already, it's one of my favorite shows on TV. So, so good. Also, I want to encourage you to watch Fire Island, speaking of Pride Month. It's on Hulu. It's a gay rom-com. The writer and star Joel Kim Booster was on Everything Iconic earlier this week. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's just, it's wonderful. And I, I hope it, the success of it breeds a million new gay rom-coms because they're, we need them. We need more rom-coms in general. Now more than ever. I just want to laugh. I want to laugh. I want to be romanced. I want to have a good time watching these things. I talked about all those, uh, earlier in the episode, I talked about all those cannibal shows and movies. And I want the opposite of that now. I want things where we're just laughing. I want more first wives clubs. I want more of my best friend's weddings. I want more fire islands. I want more hacks. I want just good fun entertainment. I love you all. Oh, speaking of also, I love that show. I love that for you on Showtime. It's really fun too. Molly Shannon, Vanessa Bayer, Matt Rogers is fantastic. Jana Wilson, a friend friend of mine, he's in that. Oh, it's so good. So check out all of those things if you're looking for joyous, good stuff. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. And we'll talk later this week for The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Dubai. Bye-bye. <music>